Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Era podcast. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am joined by my husband and co-host. The Kev on stage. And we have uh, two very special guests with us today. You've probably seen them going viral on Instagram, and they have a YouTube channel as well. They talk about love. They talk about marriage. They talk about parenting. They talk about being a girl dad, um, all the things. And that is none other than Kier and Noemi again. What's up with y'all? What's up, man? Hey, I love y'all, man. I'm so glad to meet y'all. This black couple is black and in black, man. All right. I'm here for it. Black together, man. All this blackness is black. <laughs> really super excited to have you guys join us. If you're new to the Love Hour, we often talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, but we are not experts. And so we just offer everything from our perspective and our experience. But listen, sometimes you might have real life marriage issues. Speaking of which, just an aside quickly, is that um, I'm thinking about if you know a therapist who can talk to helping couples in really bad spots, I want to do that podcast episode. It's top of mind right now. I've been looking for a therapist that could literally offer or um, offer steps or suggestions. Yeah, that could help couples get out of a really bad spot. Please let me know. Send them my way. I'm interested. So anyway, we're, I've reached out to the Gaines uh, because they're Black, they're a couple, they're young folk, we're young-ish. So we just going to talk about... When we can't stop saying young, how many more years we got? How old are y'all, Kiera and Amy? Come on, man. You, you be old. So I'll be 35 in a few a weeks. A month. Yeah, a month. Yeah, a month. Years old. Oh. And I'll be 32 in July. What you calculating? What? I'm trying to see how long I got left to be young. I feel like once I done crossed over 40, that's that's it probably. That's middle age. I say you can claim young for like your 40, but you got to do it like anecdotally like hope, dude. Like, got to play some young kid. Don't say I'm a young guy because you that's going to look that's Definitely No, listen. <laughs> you got kids in high school. You really can't be, you can't be young, young. Yeah, you can't be young, young. Is Tabitha Brown young? And Tabitha Brown's an auntie, no matter her That's age. That's true. Tab probably sounded like that when she was 12. Yeah. Like, Hello there. I'm going to sixth grade. Yeah, she's just, <laughs> yeah, Tab's a forever auntie. She's just, it doesn't matter how old she is. She's auntie Tab, I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at Kev because it was the inflection in his voice. I wasn't laughing at you. You're going to make her get all us for that. Yes. <laughs> So uh, to start off, and for those of you who may not be familiar with Noemi and Kier, please tell us your love story. This is always one of my favorite portions, talking to couples, talking about how you met, who said what to whom, whose version is wrong, whose version is correct. <laughs> Anybody who follows our Instagram or YouTube, first off, what's up to all our followers, all our subscribers, what's up family? Um, they know that I hate this story because she used every opportunity she can to tell this story. I don't tell it right. It's so how about this? You tell it and I'll just I'll pitch in with the parts that are a little uh, zhuzhed up. Okay. okay. I'll start. So yeah, it was 1932. You know what? You see? Why don't you do it? I think it was around that time. And um, one of my best friends from college, um, she lived in Atlanta at the time. And she was driving up to New York and she had to stay in DC. And for some reason, she just had a whole bunch of friends in the DC area. She's just like that popular, I guess, kind of girl. Citation, we were all in a group meet together. Not her, but me and her friend. And in a group meet, there's a group chat. Okay. If she was coming up, everybody yeah. was meeting. Yeah, so we ended up going to some bar in D.C. I don't even think it's open anymore. Um, and she dragged me out. At the time I was in law school, I wasn't trying to, to go anywhere. But I ended up going to this bar. So wait, wait how real <laughs> are we going to It was the realest real, no, I mean, don't come over here because there's no watered-down version. <laughs> One of his friends approached me at first at the, at the bar. And, you know, we were just talking. He offered to buy me a drink. It wasn't really that serious. So then I see Kier coming and Kier, like, I mean, most of us were like dressed down. He was like in a bow tie. Like he had clearly just come from like, a, it looked like a good job. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing here for? Um, 
So I'm like clearly interested. And I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, who's that? She's like, oh, that's homeboy's friend. And I'm like, so are they close or are they close? close? <laughs> so how close are they? <laughs> I ain't give the guy no, my number. So I'm like, I, I, I think I'm safe. So I actually took the initiative and introduced myself and was like, I'm going to make sure I talk to him first. So, you know, we're talking a little bit. He's not really giving me, like, playing me much, paying me much attention. I don't know why. You can interject. Ah, that was your cue. You can run it back so you don't miss it this time. Right, because all the women watching now are looking at me like, sir. <laughs> so it was summertime in D.C., and I was very much single. Okay. And in DC, like summertimes are like for day parties and brunches. Yeah. You can meet 10, 15, not that saying I would because I'm a man of discretion, maybe one or two, but women in the night. And when you see everybody, women in the night, women in the night. Women in the night. night. There is two. That, that, that is. word is key. It's a big difference. It's true. It's not a transaction. <laughs> but no, you, you meet a lot of people. So when you see everybody, sometimes you don't see nobody. And oh, sure. people until you get the lead up. She was a, a very cute face. He said I looked like I was a child. He said I looked young. She looked a little young. That's because black don't crack. I, I guess on what? I know, I know it carried over. Um, ahead, so yeah, story. long story short, I'm trying to get his attention. He's not really paying attention to me. Um, and we ended up by the end of the night, we're like a smaller group, and we end up going to another bar. Um and I think that's when you finally start talking to me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the bar? Yeah, at the second bar. And then we exchanged numbers. Um, nothing ended up happening. I think you had texted me. Oh, yeah, you, you said, uh, what is it, what you doing, text? And I never responded. I'm like, Ugh, we just met. <laughs> and that was me? Yes, that was you. <laughs> that was you. That was you. I don't recall. Of course. I don't recall. <laughs> See, this is where the story get real murky. Because that girl didn't tell him. And then he didn't call me for yep. months and, and then, months and at then a time. he never texted me back. And then I think a month later, we were at another, like, we were at, what is that? Flip Cup. Yeah, it was a Flip Cup tournament. Okay. And, um, we ended up playing each other. So I knew who he was. He had no idea who I was. Oh. Did not remember me from the month before. And he over here flirting. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to go. He's like, oh, let me get your number. And I'm like, sir. Here. I thought you was only meeting one or two. That's 15 and 20 behavior. <laughs> it was a good summer, man. But I got him. I got him. Yeah. And then he ended up, we ended up like connecting. Like I think our first conversation was like four hours long. Mm -hmm. Our first date was an all-day date. Um, it took it took a while for us to finally, you know get it together it took about a year of like the whole back and forth and yeah. figuring out what we want it to be but you know wait no amy it's a few parts that that's kind of missing out of that story okay. like no amy and i we went on a um she invited me to her house at one time for a party and it's like hey you know come to my house we got food and i didn't know it was a secret opportunity for her friends to see whether or not I was, you know, I could pass the, the litmus test. Yeah. And, uh, I get there and she gets all squeezy and touchy and Philly and kissing all up on me. I just came to enjoy a good party and some good food with some people I ain't know. So what's the purpose of it? And then like, she's like, hey, when everybody, you know what I'm saying? When everybody leaves, slide through. No, Amy, girl. I fell asleep. <laughs> Fell asleep. And he was there knocking on the door. I was knocked out. I hit her like, hey, you up? And I didn't get nothing. I was like, turned around and, and somberly went back home. Yeah, but like, I, that's, I, our, our <laughs> that's relationship story is literally like a girl who thought this dude was, was, was you know, nice looking or whatnot. She shot her shot first. Yeah. And she came at me kind of like aggressively, you know? She pushed a chair into the back of my leg to get my attention. I did everything I could to get him to turn around. It worked. I am, first of all, super intrigued by the story of Noemi being the more aggressive person. Shoot your shot, ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot shot. Your shot. Yeah. And what's even better is her friend 
when she asked, like, who is that dude right there with the bow tie? First off, I wasn't making no money. I was working <laughs> in a community. I was doing the work of the Lord, but I wasn't making no scratch. So, yeah, I was I was a well-decorated brokerman. And, uh, you know, she, she... <laughs> Don't say my friend. Nah, oh, nah, but she was like, oh, who's that right there? And she was like, oh, his name is Kid. He's a hoe. None of this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, we shouldn't be here. But here we are. So, okay. Wow. Hold on. <laughs> okay. This, first of all, it doesn't make sense at all. So this happened for about a year before you guys officially started dating? Yeah. So, so like I said, I was, I was in law school. The whole plan was to move to New York. Like this was just my little time in DC. Supposed to be a pit stop. Yeah. It was supposed to be a pit stop. And right. I think a couple of months after we met, I actually moved to Europe for like this, um, study abroad, uh, study abroad program. <clears throat> so I was there for a couple of months. So I wasn't, I wasn't really looking for anything serious, but I will say like by the time that I left, we were like talking every day. Like, I just knew, I knew it was gonna turn into something, but I think we were both really hesitant because we didn't really know where we would be like within the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, she, she came in like, you know, when you're dating and you're in your twenties, when you first meet people, I'll speak from a male's perspective. I'll speak yeah. from kids' perspective. Yeah. Yes. You meet a woman, first thing she says is, hey, I'm not looking for anything serious. Right. And she is, she really means that <laughs> until she doesn't, Yeah. you know? And Noemi meant that, and she meant that, and oh, she good, meant yeah. that. And I got really comfortable in that space, and then she didn't mean that. Yeah, before. I came back from Europe, I'm like, you my man, I love you. What are you we? Gonna be together. <laughs> You my man, I love you. <laughs> Wait, before we go deeper into this conversation, we're talking about love and relationships. And sometimes some of us need help in the area of love and relationships. And so that often means that you need an outside person, an outside person, uh, outside party, outside person with expert experience to come in and help you navigate your life, your love life, or maybe social anxiety issues or stress issues or confidence issues or whatever the case may be. And that is why BetterHelp, spelled B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, is here to help you. You, everyone knows, everybody knows that uh, on this podcast, Kevin has a therapist. Yes. I have a therapist that I actually need to hit up like right now. She actually, uh, um, not DM me. What is it called? Like text through the app me message this morning. Me. Sure, message me. I have no idea what the right words are. This morning, which is one of the great features. You can text your therapist through the app. They can respond. It's a 24 hour service. They have um, uh, people literally across the world in order to help you no matter what is going on in your life. This is one of those things that is great. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is a professional counselor done securely and it is done online. If you're interested, you can go to visit betterhelp.com slash love hour, love hour. better help h-e-l-p and join over the one million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional in fact so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states this podcast is sponsored by better help and the love hour listeners will get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com slash love hour love hour yeah 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 and here's actually a licensed therapist i was gonna say that i thought that you were here are you licensed therapist i said that to kevin i was like i'm pretty sure that he is okay so hold on let's back up just one little bit i want to kind of just kind of discuss this point that at what have you always you Naomi have you always been no Amy I said it wrong mm -hmm. oh. uh have you always been I caught myself you uh have you always been the shoot your shot girl yeah really yeah. I have and at shooting guard from Emory University <laughs> no any game shooting from half girl the game ain't started yet I'm pulling up <laughs> Overhand, not even underhand. Yeah. I never looked at it that way, but I am absolutely that. If I want something, I'm gonna 
Why not? I'm here for it. So I am too. I think it's amazing. I think there is something to be said about a woman who knows what she wants and is going after it and not waiting. You know, social media is always talking about being chose. Well, child, you, I can do some choosing as well. Um, and that doesn't have to change the dynamics of the relationship. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you know, where you're, I don't think it has to change that, but I do think that making Listen. it known that you're interested, I, I, I think that that's okay. The Bible says he who findeth a wife find of a good thing. It didn't say you can't introduce yourself. Correct. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> hello, you found me? You were hiding. Anybody said I had to be hiding. I saw you looking, here I am. You understand me? I ain't gotta make it hard for you. I'm at base. <laughs> now, that's real talk though. And, and like that way you can actually, you're not just reduced to whatever men decide they have the yeah. courage to come up and exactly. speak to you. Like rejection is hard for everybody. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. It I makes me make me feel desired. I did not reject you, you boo. I didn't reject. It was a period of time where we did not talk. See, now it sounds like I'm lying because I'm pausing too much in between. <laughs> no, you just rejected. You just forgot about her. That you had her number already. That's all. That you had her number. When she texts you and it came back, maybe no Amy. That wasn't like, hold on. Right. Wait, what? In the phone. <laughs> Maybe you met her 60 days ago. Remember at the, what if iPhone was like, Kier, we met her at the bar. You had the bow tie on. You was that like, heads up would have been nice. Would have stopped me from making a fool of myself. Right. 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 It was a short moment though. Like we laughed about yeah, it. We yeah, we, we ended up laughing about it. Yeah. Cause like, even though like, it took a while, we weren't exclusive for a while. So like I was dating other people, he was dating other people. So it's like, okay, if you're not going to call me, then I'm going to go out with somebody else. And like, that's what it was for a year. Yeah. So, okay. So from the moment you guys met to you guys got married, how much time is that? Oh, man. Wait, so we got together in 2015. We got pregnant in 2016. Got engaged in 2017. Got married in 2019. So four years. Four years. Yes, four years. Microwave that joint. Yeah. Yes. And then... But you weren't exclusive that whole time. So you were exclusive, well, exclusive a year after, later? After the baby, though, or no? Oh, yeah, yeah before yeah. the baby. Yeah, I thought y'all yeah. would like, have the baby, and you still dating other people. Like, hold on now. We have to, like, we're like, we're Yeah, so the funny thing is, uh, man, we broke up. We found out we were pregnant in December. We tried. We we almost broke up in October. Yeah. I went over, I was to break up with her, and it didn't work. But that was the goal coming in the door. You gotta explain that. You can't just. What do you mean it didn't work? I went over. I was. I we could. It, we were just bumping heads. Realistically, she couldn't do it. That's what it was. She couldn't do it either. But she was willing to hold on a little longer than I was. Couldn't do the exclusive relationship. No, the breakup. By this time, we were exclusive. Oh, got it. Then we broke up. Well, we almost broke up again. Didn't break up and found out we were pregnant like a couple weeks later. Got it. And then we had to get, get our stuff together real quick. Get, get it together. Get it together. Woo! It took some time. It took a lot of therapy, but we, we got it together. Yeah, yeah. It just it wasn't the most opportune time because I just decided that I like her enough to try liking her enough again. Right. Like, hey, guess what, y'all? Uh, I know what's going on here, but y'all going to be stuck together for life in some mm -hmm. way. So do with it what you will, but this is what's coming. And man, that baby. She came quick. She came, she came quick. She came when we were very unprepared. Yeah. Well, um, we got it. We good. And, and now you guys have been married for a little over a year. A little over a year. So first of all, congratulations on one year of matrimony, especially during a pandemic. Oh man, man. talk about it, man. Mm -hmm. That thing different, ain't it? <laughs> I, I believe the pandemic later in life, we're going to have to add exponential years to the pandemic because the amount of time spent together during quarantine is infinitely more than during like normal life. And that's Absolutely. what it is. Like I, I travel a lot for work. Melissa and I traveled a lot, even outside of that, right? Even if we were just working nine to five, you gone from before nine until after five, right. you include travel and you drop your kids off. Like we had not spent that much time. And I mean, we, I mean, people of the human race. Right. 
we had not spent 24 hours a day with people for months on end in ever. I'm talking about in the history of our lives, not when we were children, not in teens, not in marriage. That was an exponentially more amount of time. And that, the divorce rate was crazy. Yeah. People were like, I don't like you at 24 hours a day. From 6 to 8.30, you know, we sleep at 10. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. 24 hours a day, every day, no vacation, that's no nothing, no side chick, just you. <laughs> no, that's what people were saying. They're like, I need all this other stuff to make it work. I need time away from you. I need my work. I need movies. I need haircuts. I'm not talking about me, the side chick. I'm talking I just, about you just got a lot of extraness in this whole like explanation. And like, you know, you I ain't got it. no side chick, girl. You just keep, we don't need you're all not, this. You're not bringing it home. It's not bringing it. trying to land that plane. I see where you was going with it. It's been landing. We deboarded. You waiting for the next group of passengers. We only got half the people. Left. I got to go back for just a moment because our Patreon audience is saying that we need to know why were y'all breaking up and what made you guys decide to, or what made Kier decide to propose? Damn, good questions. You can All answer right. the breakup questions. Uh, I ain't come over nowhere to break up. Breakup. <laughs> Yeah, let me say first of all, let's get the facts straight. You, you were the Man, at the time we just didn't know each other that well. I mean, you know, what's knowing each other that well looking back? But uh we didn't know how to talk to each other. Communication and, was bad. Yeah, and you know how people always talk about communication in a relationship, but like what on earth does that really mean? Because I can lay out my heart to somebody, but if I'm not speaking it in a language or in a manner that they can pick up and practically use, I'm practically wasting my time. And I think it's the frustration of trying to tell her like, hey, like this is how I'm talking to you and not seeing any receipts that she picking up anything that I'm saying. Cause I ain't know her well enough to speak her language. Mm -hmm. I ain't know I ain't know her well enough to throw it in a direction that she could easily catch it. Mm -hmm. So it was that frustration and me being fresh off of being single. And the thing about being single is if you really don't want to put up with nobody, you really don't have to. You can cut the cord at any point. And I was like, you know what? Cutting the cord. I'm tired of arguing. I'm tired of... It ain't hard. It be going like too much. I don't want to... Listen, I have a question. Do you have, um, based on what you've learned since then, do you mm -hmm. give or have advice for newly... Um, uh, married or newly engaged couples based on what you experienced, what would you tell them that are like, we're fighting like cats and dogs. Communication is not communicating. <laughs> like what advice do you have for them? I got two I can think of off the top. Okay. One, book yourself a session with uh, either premarital or a marriage counselor. Someone who can walk you through all of your thoughts and all of your feels. We went to our first session before we got married and he was like, all right, what's going on in your relationship? And by the time we finished the session, he had a whole paper full of our resentment toward one another. Mm. We didn't even see, we had no idea that was even on the table. So go see um, a counselor. If it's a religious based counselor, I think that's a good idea as long as you both share that faith. But I will also urge you to see, if you see a religious counselor, go and see someone who's uh, certified outside of the religious realm for it as well, so they can apply all the modalities. Why, why do you say that, Pierre? Just because there are, I'm sorry, and with sometimes with the religious counseling training, a lot of it is steeped in whatever doctrine they're on. So let's say a Christian counselor, Christian-based counselor. They're, from my understanding, maybe everyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but a portion of their studies is dedicated, dedicated to training them on how to take stories from the Bible and mirror them to the issues that you're having in your relationship to kind of give you a pathway. But the training that I went through has different uh, multicultural and different like little nuances in the training that just takes you in a different step. Um, the step that the religious councils maybe don't have time for when they're- when or they're, to be honest, the training, legit. The yeah. actual uh, training, I 100% agree with you. Kevin and I did do 
uh, marriage counseling as well with our pastor. And this is no shade or disrespect, but they just quite literally don't have the training behind them to do, as you were talking about the different multicultural uh, facets, the skill sets, the knowledge, the psychology, the behavioral based um, uh, aspects of it. They just don't have it. And again, I literally mean that without any shade or disrespect to um, pastors that offer marital counseling, but I do think there is something so important about going to someone that is clinical and licensed to do it. I think you just get a different perspective. Yeah, that's what I was beating around the bush trying to say. <laughs> I, I, that's why I wanted to just say it for you to be yeah. clear, you know, because I, I don't know inbox I, being mad. Huh? I don't want the pastors in my inbox being mad. Right. I know. I already, and listen, y'all can at me. Uh, <laughs> I said, and I said it with my chest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, number two, number two. But number two. Uh, um, surround yourself with some good married friends. When I say good, I don't mean people who have like picturesque marriages. I mean, people who have great functional marriages and people who have marriages where there are issues present and they're working on them. I'm always, I always get scared when I see people who don't have, that look like they don't have any issues in their marriage. Mm -hmm. That's 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 always a little bit of a red flag for me. But people who like openly lean into their issues and talk about how they solve them, um, they always give you great insight on, on some of the stuff that's going on in your own relationship. That's so good. Someone, uh, Allison said, you can find a Christian counselor that isn't a pastor. Absolutely, 100%. And yeah. I would recommend that over yeah. to like your pastor, finding someone who uh, can speak to you on the moral grounds from which you stand, but also have those legitimate credentials behind them as well. Yeah, absolutely. that's yeah. good, girl, that's good. Um, uh, I was gonna say that you guys have had a lot of, uh, a lot of lives in your marriage in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was going to title this episode, The Transitions of Marriage, because, and actually I feel like it's even more appropriate now because you have had like a lot of transition. And then if you think about just uh, the pandemic in general and what that did, I know Kier, you left your job, actually it was late last year, right? October, November of last year? Well, when I left, when I left my job, I officially left my job January eighth. That was my last. Oh, this year. Yeah, this year. You been talking about it since November? Talking about it hard since maybe mid December. Okay. So when you was going viral, you had to go to work. Man, listen, listen. I had like celebrities calling, like, "Hey, it's like, man, I I like what you're doing." I'm like, "Hey, I gotta get on this Microsoft Teams meeting, bro. I'm calling you right back." Man, it was the craziest, time. craziest. Be Hollywood online one and line two would be an angry parent whose kid didn't get paid this week from a job program I was running. Like, oh, it ain't man. even his fault. Man. can't even do it. So wait, before <laughs> listen, I get it. And before we go into that, I because I do want to have that conversation of like how y'all made that transition like let's let's talk about it uh but before we do he was talking about line one and line two and oftentimes the girls for women are line one and line two and they don't always be on one accord they be different sizes <laughs> <laughs> okay transition i segue i love it let's get it come on independent agenda i'm gonna go this way i'm gonna go this way well i'll see you on the other side or maybe i won't Correct. Maybe I won't, but that's okay because Third Love is here to help you no matter if you got twins, sisters, cousins, or a strange family member. Sometimes y'all be having fraternal twins. Sometimes they're identical. Sometimes they don't see eye to eye. And that's okay. Nipple to nipple. That's all right. And it'll make it don't never mind. They ain't no. got to be the same size. And let's normalize that. Normalize different titty. And Third Love is here to help you. Whether you're double A all the way up to I, bands from sizes 30 to 48, Third Love has a bra that is going to fit perfectly fitted for you. They just launched the fitting program, a new and improved version of their Fit Finder quiz that we all know and love that focuses on size, breast shape, and current fit issue, fit issues and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect bras for and draws. Here. Bras and jaws, ladies and gentlemen. 
Made their newest collection, the Ombre Mesh, a collection worth obsessing over. Throwback look, modern feel, silky layered mesh gets the vintage treatment in their timeless new collection. And I love just a really, you know, you got to have, don't give me a lot of fluff, a lot of extraness. Just give me, do the job and let's move on. Uh, Third Love knows, I always use the t-shirt bra. Everyone knows that pretty much all of my bras in my collection are from Third Love. I love their deep taupey nude color because it is the color of my nude which is not peach mm -mm. there's mm -mm. no pink here mm -mm. okay let's all be clear uh and so i do love that they have a wide variety of nudes that will fit any shade of uh or any complexion that you have third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering my listeners 20 percent off your first order go to thirdlove.com slash love hour love hour now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20 percent off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com slash love hour for 20 percent off today I'm woeing like You're just woeing out of control. I feel like I'm she up there. Just been woeing. Nobody can <laughs> stop. Why? And then it like narrowed in. Who told you I like that? Who told you that? effect, and then you got like an anime character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so you, so y'all been talking about it for a while. This is the real question, Kier. You said it verbally aloud. Seriously, you said like in October of last year. Yeah, I said like November-ish. November-ish, you were out by January. How long was it ruminating in your mind prior to you saying something aloud? Um, ruminating? Ugh. Not not as long as you would think, so. It was like a joke a year ago. Yeah. Like it was like, wouldn't that be crazy if you could just Quit leave your job? Your job? <laughs> that ain't never gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I fought really hard to get this job. Like it was yeah. great job, great pay, great benefits, great yeah. position, government like, job, government job, yeah. all those fields. I was good. I was safe. Oh, by the way, Pierre. Huh? What were you doing for a living? Uh working for the school system, working in special education, building work programs for students with disabilities so that they can have good job training and transition over into adult life, grant them that opportunity for a successful so, so uh rewarding work as well. Yeah, very rewarding work. Getting to work with students with disabilities and see how capable they are, seeing how much their families support them and seeing how much they can do when you put some support behind them and some resources. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, man, we everything just kind of really blew up in August. I think I had 50,000 followers on Instagram and then like the viral video happened and it just swelled up and we're like two days later, it was like 250. Yeah, it's like 250. Like, I was small with you guys doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was crazy. Phones were ringing off the hook. Sponsorship deals. Yeah. We went from like having our little, you know, YouTube video, a couple people sprinkle in, watch it here and there, to like. AKA your cousin in now. Yeah, pretty much. That was the M&M. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. right, literally. <laughs> and then it was when I did that HBO thing, and then people hit me like, can you get me in with Kier? I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm, I barely met Kier, my old self. I can't get you in. I'm, I'm not in. <laughs> The, the HBO thing was crazy because when I logged on first, I'm like, oh man, I ain't about to be late. I logged in because they reached out, had the viral video. And as soon as I got in there, I think Jesse Williams was the first guy in there. And he looked at me right in the camera. He's like, hey, what's up, kid? You had a crazy week, huh? I was like, oh, I'm famous. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, you know, it's just, you know, another week. Yeah, man, Jesse, Jess. Freaking out. <laughs> Jess? Jesse, Jess? So yeah, it was so it hasn't been in my mind that long from August to now hasn't been that long of a time period, but just with like speaking opportunities and like brand partnerships, and we had we got management shortly after that happened. So we had representation and opportunities were coming in a different way. I actually yeah, I passed my licensing exam for counseling. So it, it was it was a leap of faith, don't get me wrong, but the opportunities were to a point, I want to sit around December, I'm like, hey, babe, like, I can make more money if I quit this job. Right. And then, and then I was like, do it. Yeah. I was going to ask, yeah. what was your response? I had to push him. Yeah. I feel like I was the one that had to push him, like, babe, like, what, what are you doing? 
Like, what, what are you doing? What are you afraid of? Yeah, like, what, what are you afraid of? You know, and I think, like, we just had that really serious conversation. For me, it was, it was him passing the exam and then our brand kind of going in the mental health space. And I'm like, this makes sense. Like, you're not even working in what you got your degree in. This is an opportunity for you to not only work that, maybe even open up your own private practice, mm-hmm. but like you're becoming known for like, like in this mental health space. Like, why not do it now? Like, I'm still working. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, yeah, we can do this right now. For those who don't know, Kier, can you walk us through that video and like how it went from just like I feel like you were just walking in the neighborhood, and next thing you know, you were everywhere. Can you walk us through what happened and what I the remember when was? when Jill Scott posted it too. Yeah, I saw it eight million times. Everybody was like, Kev, what you think? I was like, I'm crying. I ain't gonna make no video. <laughs> what you think? I, I feel the same thing you feel. But yeah, walk us through what happened and, and kind of the tenets of the video. Yeah, sure. So the video is just a two minute clip of my YouTube vlog. So we have a YouTube vlog, carrying them. Uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, carrying them. But in on the vlog, it was just a day in the life. It was my daughter's birthday party. We were in South Carolina. It was a nice pool, and her hair was a mess. And I got her dressed, and I'm like, "Babe, I gotta close out this vlog. I'm about to leave y'all too loud. I'm trying to get monetized." So <laughs> <laughs> it was too much music. I, you know, I want plus the P but nah, so I'm walking down and I was talking to the camera and I just wanted to say, hey, like this is dope. My baby just turned another age. And I just started thinking about fatherhood and it just kind of rolled into this conversation about how the men that were before us were raised by the men that were before them and how those men saw warm love. They didn't express those things that way back then and just urging new fathers like before you go and try to take on a family, you know, you see my cute family and we got all the nice pictures and mm, black love hashtag all that. But before you try to take that on, make sure you go and see somebody like a professional therapist to take care of the trauma that you've been through so that you can be more available to those people and most importantly, be more available to yourself. I wasn't even going to post that joint because I thought I was talking too much. And she came in the basement and was like, babe, no, post it. So we posted to the vlog and ain't nobody care. And like I posted it to my Instagram and I think who reposted it? Was it like, I think Angela Simmons reposted this. Yeah. This was like a year ago. Yeah. And I was like, Angela Simmons reposted it. That's what, 2019. Yeah. 2019. Now, t- t- 2018. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, a year later, I reposted on my Instagram. Um, shout out to my man, Muhammad. He was like, hey, if ever your Instagram goes dead, repost the old video and just put captions under it. Yeah. I was like, what? And I did it. And that was it. You know, purpose content is the best. Have on stage masterclass just because it ain't see it ain't go the first time, don't mean it won't go the second. Also, remember when you put closed captions, it also helps the uh, deaf and hard of hand yeah. community. So it's, it's always good to get those in too. But yeah, I did that, went to sleep and woke up like baby, Jill Scott just reposted you. <laughs> what? <laughs> And I look and just like followers on followers yeah. on followers on followers. It just didn't end. It just kept going. Wow. Listen, man, I'm telling you, it, it it hit such a nerve, but not in like a bad way. Because I do a podcast with my son right here in this room. We used to do it at the office, but we just be chilling now. And people be like, yo, I never had this with my dad. And a lot of them are not like, I, I did not have a dad. Right. My dad just wasn't light and playful and huggy right. uh, and things like that. It was all, it's right here. Uh, it was all, you know, he provided and he took care of the, you know, bills. He took care of us, but he wasn't like, good morning, good night. And some people be commenting like, it's really, I feel a way, not negatively, but it's just like, it's, it's weird to see sure. someone else be like that with their son because I didn't have that. You know, I remember one of the first times, and I didn't learn this lesson early, but I wish I did. I had a video of making my sons. It was actually after a tragic thing happened, but I'm trying to be dead serious. And they both come hop in my lap and they just start kissing one after the like that, right? Uh, so then I remember in the comments, somebody was like, that's why his son's going to be soft because they be kissing him. And I was like, y'all need love. Y'all need help. Yeah. You need you you see something in this video that you either miss or is hurting you, 
And, and that's going to be tough for you to have your own kids who you're basically more than likely going to repeat that same cycle if you don't, you know, if you don't unlock why you feel that way. And that's why I feel like your video resonated. hit, it re resonated, resonated with a lot of people because they were like, bruh, yes, right. I need to get right. Or I missed this in my life. And I see that now. I think with men, there's like a renaissance of thought and emotion right now. Mm. Where I think dudes are starting to wake up to the idea of strength and flexibility. You know what I'm saying? I always say like pound for pound, silk is stronger than steel. You know what I'm saying? The strength is in the flexibility. The strength is in the, in the ability to be like, man, hey, that hurt. That hurt. I still got these hands, but I got these feels too. Like that hurt. And yeah. I think the more you admit that, the more you open yourself up to um, accepting things that aren't traditionally masculine. Like, what's masculine about walking around mad all the time because you you can't say, I'm hurt right now? So you know? This comedian, I believe it was Carlos Miller, he said, your, 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 your man got hurt, got his heart broken at 20 and died at 54 of a stroke because he couldn't deal with that pain. And he had nobody to talk to. Like, it's manly to be strong, but there's strength and weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Melissa and I have been married 16 years, almost 20 years together, almost 21 actually. Yeah. Um, and this last year, I realized strength as I thought it was, which was, I don't show no feeling, I'm not afraid of nothing. It wasn't gonna, that wasn't gonna fly anymore. In order for our relationship to progress to the next level, it was gonna be weakness and vulnerability was a side of me that was going to be required in order for us to keep, keep going. That sense of masculinity with no weakness, it wasn't gonna cut it no more. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. And it's it's even the way that we define strength. We define strength as like our perseverance through difficult circumstances and whatever's left of us. You know what I'm saying? Whatever's left of us after we go through whatever we gotta go through is strength. You know, what don't kill me only makes me stronger, and you end up weathered in a way that doesn't allow you to enjoy your life to the fullest potential. And I see guys come into the office where you gotta put that mask on of perceived strength, you know? And it's just well-decorated brokenness. Mm -hmm. Kier, if this was Clubhouse, I would be saying you dropping gems. <laughs> if I can interrupt for a second. Uh, and one, if, mic, one mic, one mic, <laughs> Well-decorated bro. If you was a pastor, you would, Listen, you can have a sermon series on well-decorated brokenness. Uh, man, I, listen, this, I know about it. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like being a therapist who's walking this path and sharing my experiences, like, and even talking to my wife and, and seeing, like, that's that's me. I'm not cured of it. I'm, I, I still have broken pieces that I'm putting back together. Walking heavy, sir. Yes, Doc. So I have a question. What is your, I love when you said um, we define strength as whatever's whatever's left over. Mm -hmm. And that's really nothing more, that's weathered. So mm -hmm. what is your definition? How do you define strength? And how do you communicate that to men who define strength as all the things that we've just previously stated? Good question. Um, I don't, I, this wasn't me, in our notes, y'all. So I kind of put them on yeah, the Silky <laughs> Kimmy with the uh, silk is stronger than uh, steel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, from my, from my fraternity, man. I mean, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, by the way. And this I knew you were not going to be able to not say it once you said that. I, I you are going to have to let people know which one it so was. Sorry. So sorry for that. <laughs> I knew. It's, it's all right, brother. You you crossing burning sands. Hey, man. I'm going to let people know. But, um, you know, I feel like strength is the ability to be morally sound and fight to be comfortable with yourself and lean into the things that will eventually make you a better person even though you don't want to. Um, that's, that's strength to me because we kind of come from this, like all the dudes we look up to are rappers and athletes growing up. And I was, she was just listening to me listen to an athlete's podcast today. You know, it was good, good game, tough, we overcome. There was some circumstances like, bro, your leg just got severed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or the musicians, I never took a loss in my life. We don't really get to see the vulnerable parts of successful men. You never get to see it. 
So I think it's one of those you can't be what you can't see type things. Yes. And you need to see somebody else put it out there. He's not corny. And he's not trying to get a dollar off of you by selling some corny book at the end of the day. And he's not trying to get a dollar off you by selling some corny seminar by the end of the day. But just somebody sharing like, hey, I'm a black man. Yeah, this real rap, what happens? Oh, I love, love, love this. Uh, Noemi, I'm going to ask you a question on this. Um, on this, actually, I'll ask it now, and so you can get your mind together. Uh, do you feel in Kier's journey of vulnerability, do you feel that you've played a role in helping him or pushing him get there? Does my question make sense? To put it plainly, is it something that maybe he didn't recognize he needed to do, and you kind of demanded it from him? You can write a whole book. Okay. Hold on. Let, let me let me do my situation. Hold let that me do thought. my situation. Hold that thought, Noemi. All right. So listen, Kiara's up in here dropping all the gems. Okay. He's clearly learned. He's a learned individual and he has a lot of skills. And we want you to be a learned individual with lots of skills. And that's why we want to introduce you to Skillshare. I thought you were going to miss your cue. You almost did. No matter what 2021 brings, you can spend it creating something meaningful, creative, doing the things that you want to do, taking the leap of faith as Kiera has done, tapping into your creativity with the online classes that Skillshares offers through their learning community that offers membership with meaning. We have taken original and Skillshare original Instagram illustration making shareable art for social change by Danielle Koch. This is one of the ones right on the main page because you know as influencers we gotta we gotta basically be efficient in our social media and for me and Melissa Instagram is our number one platform. Uh, so obviously this is our trade so we gotta make sure we up our skills and this class this Instagram il illustrations class Skillshare originals is stepping up our game. Melissa, if you notice, her Instagram gram game has changed a lot over the last six months mm -hmm. from, from basically, you know, nothing really, like no, no brand uh, to an aesthetic, to photos, to this. And now she's adding graphics packages all from this Instagram illustration class from Danielle Cope. Right now you can get an annual subscription for less than $10 a month. Uh, you're going to go to skillshare.com slash love hour and you will get a free trial premium membership. That's free. That's premium. That's membership. Skillshare.com slash love hour. Annual subscription is less Ew. than $10 per month. Okay. Bow, check a bow, check a uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you out here. That was smooth. <laughs> that was smooth. Okay, so Naomi, 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 it's because I keep looking at it. Mm -hmm. I know I don't. It has the accent thing over I there, know. but I don't. I don't know. If I just say what, what I know in my heart, I'll say it right. Oh, that's a good word. It is a good. That's rap. a good word. You dropping gems. <laughs> okay, the question is, um, in the search or the journey of vulnerability for Kier, do you feel like you've played a role or something that maybe you have demanded of him? Yes and no. Okay. So I, I'll be honest, the, the, the demanding of him is the part that is iffy only because like it just kind of happened. You mm -hmm. know, I don't think it was something that I actively knew to do. I think it as we kind of went through our things in the relationship, I mean, we bumped heads a lot. The whole vulnerability piece didn't really come into play till like recently you know so I think like him him even sharing with me I I remember this moment because it was a it was a huge moment for me it was the first time that he said I hurt his feelings he never I know when we get into it I, I go below the belt I say some things I don't know at me I didn't think it hurt him you know I didn't think it hurt him even the way that we responded to each other, I think there were times where he didn't think that I was hurt as well, mm -hmm. you know? So it wasn't until, you know, he sat me down and he's like, babe, like, like you really hurt my feelings when you said this. When I tell you, my immediate reaction is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What did I do? I take it back. What do I got? It, it, was, it was such a huge moment in our relationship because I thought we had love. I thought we were good, but it wasn't until then that I realized he didn't feel safe 
Mm. Wasn't cultivating a safe space for him to tell me how he felt. And him doing that also showed me that like, I wasn't actively doing it, nor was I seeking safety in our relationship. Like no one told me that that's what you needed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that until we had those moments. And even then, we acknowledged that we needed to be more vulnerable, but it still took, you know, a couple sessions, you know, some time to to find the language to say it in moments where, you know, it don't always come out so smooth. So yes, I will definitely say that like, what I wanted and, or what, how I grew in a relationship inspired or at least gave him an opportunity and a space to be more vulnerable in the relationship. But I can't sit here and say that I knew what I was doing. Let me, okay, Noemi, let me say something to you. And let me tell you something, Noemi, because you really just hit, boom, hit a chord. <laughs> this weekend on Valentine's, okay? We got a hotel, Valentine's. Okay, we got a hotel, you know what I'm saying? A little staycation, really didn't, we couldn't not work, right? But we had one day that was like, all right, Sunday, it's minimal work, it's gonna be me and you, right? So Melissa, she tells me, hey, I'm gonna go help Angel, or our homegirl, I'm gonna help her decorate her set, right? Let me tell you what I said and what I was really communicating. What I said was, dang girl, you gotta be everywhere for everybody, but you know, oh no, you gotta, what would I say? You gotta go help Angel? Yeah. You Dang, like she, she could do it herself. Something along those lines, right? You you did this for Danny, blah, blah, blah. You, but you gotta go do this today, right? What I was trying to communicate, what you had to go back and say is- Because I said- she, What'd you say? Because this is good. I, said, I stopped him right then. What I'm really, really working on, and it kind of goes to this conversation of vulnerability, is that there's always a meta message. Meta message, double M. And we, can, we just did the review on Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times um, the way we say things, I, I said this during the, during the review, if you listen close enough, even when people are barking and they're saying things below the belt, they still show their hands. Mm -hmm. They still say, what is truly in their heart. We just don't always say it correctly. Yes. It doesn't always come out right. So sometimes I'm learning to, I'm, I'm teaching myself to try to hear the message and what you're not saying. Yes. That's often what it is. Yes. You say a whole bunch, but what you're not saying is actually what you're trying to say. Right. So him saying that I recognize, so I said to him, so what you really want to say is, this is our only day to be together and I want to spend it with you. And I feel like you're going to want to spend it. You're going to go out and you're going to spend it with Angel. I want to spend that time with you. And he immediately was kind of like, <laughs> fine. Because <laughs> what happens is still- But also you are correct. Still, my knee jerk reaction to Pierre and Noemi, I know you done bust her in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. I, was he like, does every I was trying to move my hand and then every I caught her with an uppercut. You know, her curls were sitting just so. And then you know what? What I still not second nature, still growing, still learning. What is harder for me to say is I was really looking forward to Sunday. We had to work on Thursday night. We did, we had to work on Friday. We had to work all day Saturday. We're gonna have to work part of Sunday. I was looking forward to spending Valentine's Day with you not working. It makes me feel like I'm not important. When right. you choose to, like, it's, I mean, Angel's a big girl, but like, when you choose the one day, because mind you, when this is over, we go back to home on Monday, it's back to working pretty much every day, right? When you choose to go to Angel's shoot where you're not absolutely necessary, then it makes me feel like you don't value the time I've tried to set aside for, for us, us to keep ourselves together. Right. And you put your friends ahead of me. That is not second nature for me to communicate. And that's a lot of vulnerability. It's a lot. It's hard for me, the way I was raised and how I interpreted strength and flexibility, you know, still silk and all that. It's hard for me to say, dang girl, I want you, I want to be Little Spoon. We were supposed to be watching movies and we, I thought we was going to watch Tenet and order pizza and I wanted to wiggle my toes with you. <laughs> and now you want to go be with your homegirl? You could be with her on another set. Be with her on Monday. Don't take my time. But it's hard. So yeah. now when she heard no, because that could have taken what was what was love trying to be conveyed could have turned into an argument. Absolutely. 
Because had I said, and that's what happens. Yes, all the time, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Now you fussing when you really wanted would have been more dog or romantic to say, "Dang, girl, I actually was looking forward to spending that time with you." I, 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 I would, I would like to keep that part. I was looking forward. That comes across better than, "Dang, girl, you always want to go over Angel and them house, and you helping Danny and all this and that." And, and now that. I'm triggered and defensive. So I'm going to say, well, dang, yesterday you was with your friends and you was on the phone. No, now we talking no. about that. She ain't going to say this. She going to say in 1998, <laughs> I asked you to be with me and you went and you was hooping with that in there. 2003, June 16th, I said, I want to do this. You said, I'm going to watch the game. So now you want to spend time with me? I'm, I'm in full agreement. I'm about to start agreeing with my whole body. So yeah, pull, pull that thing from way back in the history. But that's what happens, and then you're caught in this nasty loop. Yeah. And now it ain't even about your feelings anymore. Y'all arguing about the argument that was about the argument that was about the yeah. argument, and, and nothing gets yeah. solved. About yeah. that thing you wanted to say last week, but you mm -hmm. were holding it in because you were in a good place. But now it's all coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easier for people to say uncomfortable things when they're already angry because it makes you feel like you have the license or when you're already hurt mm -hmm. or sometimes when you're hurt like i know you say that's a lot to um say and i'm not oriented that way because of the way i grew up but like let's be clear this is not specifically a male issue like no no yeah. i'm having melissa is me and it was the the genders were reversed yeah yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, and and sometimes that's a lot to say in a moment where you're hurt and you're angry, and then you're kind of embarrassed. Like, well, if I say this, how's she gonna look at me? She gonna think this? And, and now you, you're in your head, and, and I mean, like before the conversation. My bad for interrupting you. I'm working on it. Magnify that by now, Melissa. To her credit, and I love her for this, and it sounds like Noemi is similar, but I don't want to talk for you. Imagine if I had been vulnerable and she used it against me. Right. right now, I'm like, I can never be that with you because that last time I, I said that you was like, oh, you little cry, baby. You want to be with me on Valentine's Day? You a mark. Oh, OK. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> never make that mistake again. But even if she had it, a lot of times a previous partner made you feel that way. And now your body remembers Uh, -uh the last time I did that. X, Y, and Z person made me feel this way. I'll never do that again. Cause you, you're, it's human nature to want to protect yourself Absolutely. and your heart is part of yourself. It's the instinctual human nature is survival, which Absolutely. means find safety and shelter. That's okay, I'm not good. gonna go out and do that. Cause, but now you're holding this person uh, accountable for somebody else's prior mistake or prior way you made me feel. We was watching The Bachelor. I'm gonna let y'all talk because I talked a lot. We was watching The Bachelor yesterday, which somehow we got into the show all the way. It's the worst, best TV. Worst, best. This girl, uh, Piper, had put herself out there, right? And she was reluctant. I don't really put myself out there. I don't really do that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't really me. She put herself out there and she got sent home without a rose. Sure. She got in the car. She was like, and that's what I get for putting myself out there. And in mm -hmm. my mind, I said, them next three men gonna pay for this. It might not be The Bachelor, but them next week, uh-uh, I'm not gonna put myself out there. Cause last time I went full out and, yes. and exposed myself on national TV, yes. he gonna embarrass me, bet. The next three of y'all, y'all gonna get it. Yes. Ain't nobody gonna put myself out, I'm gonna be single for 12 more years because of what The Bachelor did to me for TV. Oh, them next three gonna pay for that. Woo! That's facts, that's facts, that's facts. And, and, and you'll do it and you'll feel justified in doing so. Oh, yes. completely. In response to that, though, my mom gave me this advice, and I fought it for, for a very, very long time, but she's right. She's like, when it comes to your husband, here specifically, give him, he's, give him the benefit of the doubt. He's the exception. Everybody else that then did this, said this, you know, did all these crazy okay. things to you, like, that is your husband. He gets, he gets that, that, extra, that extra life, like, just in case, you know what I mean? He says something wrong, you know what I mean? He gets that extra thought when you look at his face and it's screwed up because he know he says something real crazy, but you know he didn't mean it. So instead of going off of what he said, go off what he feels, go off, go off of what you know about yeah, him. And that's hard, I'm, I still, I still to this For day sure. with that, but after the fact, I'm like, yeah, that was right. Yeah, you gotta give your partner some, yeah. something to work off of too. Like you, you gotta be, I'm a fan of being preemptive around like apologies and things like that so like hey i don't know if it's a big deal to you but early i said this i didn't mean it that way my bad that came off wrong 
because it's more important to me that we like we don't have any resentment on the table. What you eating the egg cheese sandwich? Hey man, I was trying what? not to make it a beat. Boy, no. I, I was just I had a couple bites to hold me over. Now I've been held over. Over is gone. I it's need- all good, bro. Enjoy your croissant. <laughs> <laughs> You gonna call attention to it? I turn. I don't mute it. Try to get me a little nibble off camera. That's all I hear. You nibble like we can't see you. <laughs> I muted the camera. And everything. Listen, listen. Stall me out. Sorry. I'll never eat on camera again. I trusted you. Hey, look, that's why I don't eat on camera. <laughs> I know I don't eat. I knew I should have had lunch. The next four sandwiches gonna pay for that. Y'all are ridiculous. Uh, I want to say that your mother's advice of giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt is something I'm going to add as <laughs> advice that I want to give new couples. Uh, we get all, I'm yeah. sure you guys do too, get asked this question all the time. What's the one piece of advice? And we have a couple that we always say, but I am most certainly going to add giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. I think that that is so important. It, it helps you remember that you're on the same side. Mm-hmm. Because when you forget yeah. when you fight, yeah. you forget what do you say about the enemy? You think the enemy is the person, but the problem yeah. is the enemy. Right, the problem, not the person. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when the person is causing the problem, sometimes the it's person very- looks like the enemy, and it's hard to redirect that mm-hmm. to where it's supposed to go. Oh, so good. So good. So freaking good. So very, y'all, very good. Y'all, y'all wise for 34 and 32, 31. What did you get your... Uh, what did you get your um, degree in here? Uh, my master's? Yeah. So it's clinical rehabilitation and mental health counseling. Let oh. me remind you that it's not a bachelor's. Which which one? Which degree are you are you referencing? I am always the bachelor here. Or the, the, the master's? No. Surely, surely. We're going to leave with the master's. Surely it's the master's. Absolutely. Fair loan services, they, they make the distinction and so shall I. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I'm always here for black folk. Listen, give me your credentials and give me your resume, okay? And what are you I'm here for? Did you know, Amy? You said you were in law school. Did you finish and are you practicing legal attorney? I, I am an IP and technology lawyer. And most recently, as of like last month, I joined the entertainment team. I'll be doing entertainment law. She got a promotion, y'all. Congratulations. What is an IP? Is that intellectual property lawyer? Mm-hmm. So you defend and protect, or you set up like this is ours? So right now I am doing more transactional stuff. So more contracts, more research, more writing. Um, I'm not going to represent anybody in no court. <laughs> Black lawyers, man. Black people in general, greater than science. Co-rated. Black lawyers, two greater than science. Black women lawyers, three greater than science. <laughs> Here for it. I admire anybody that finished law school because that is a, that's a hot three after undergrad. Barely. Plus the bar. I still have Snickers bar. I know. (laughs) What you just say? Snickers bar. I know. (laughs) That was me. That was my law school. I want to study candy. Let me say something. I have to say this. Kev, I hate you. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why. I hate you for the dad jokes. And Instagram, I got y'all. I hate you because you say the dad joke and I laugh every time and I get mad at myself for laughing. Every single time. I hate you, man. I had to get that off. I love you, though. That's how everybody feel. Why you make me laugh at a stupid thing? It's because the way you laugh. You remind me I need to post one, too. I haven't posted one in a while. That's that kid. What about homework? You ain't give us nerd. My bad. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think that this has been a freaking oh, phenomenal great, conversation. No, I mean, I need to have you back on like a woman's conversation. And I've been uh, uh, Yeah, I need to have you back on a man's. Yeah, man, let's let's talk about it. <laughs> Why are you listening to a muffin? No, you turned to the ground. He was on Sesame Street. Can I tell you how to get? Oh my God. <laughs> That's this is a little problem. For the people that um, may not currently know who you are, there are people on our Patreon that, which is like so surprising because I feel like you guys are like closing in on a million on Instagram or something ridiculous, if not over that. Nah. Not nowhere close. <laughs> are you not? 273 is, that's a lot of numbers. Closing on a million? Yeah, that's a lot of numbers. only 700,000 left. That's a lot of numbers. 
I'm almost uh, there. Huh? No, I said, oh, that's it. I'm almost there. <laughs> uh, can you tell the people where to find you on Instagram? Obviously, plug your YouTube as well. And anything else that you guys have coming up or want folks to know about? Do you guys, you guys don't have a pod, like a traditional podcast, but you have like your YouTube kind of podcast. Working on it. Oh, and all the equipment, all the equipment finally came in. So, oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot. Of, okay. Let's, let's do the socials and then we'll all right. So, the socials. For my Love Our podcast people, um, my Instagram is Kier and them, K-I-E-R and them, and the YouTube is the same. Yep, and mine is Noemi Gaines, N-O-E-M-I-E-G-A-I-N-E-S. So first piece of news is our YouTube name will be changing. Oh. So eventually it'll be Kier and Noemi, so we'll be putting in some more like him-focused content, me-focused content. Our baby Emery, our three-year-old, she she'll probably find her way on, on there anyway. Listen, like, she be ever well. Man, listen, she so cute. She's an adult, yeah. man. She she know it. I'm afraid to put her out there because she just she's a mess. She has so much personality in this little bitty body. All the time. It's not just for the camera. <laughs> who she is as a whole. She's uh, my baby. What? But we post, yeah, we usually post a lot of, uh, I post a lot of mental health content, um, a lot of helpful tips, a lot of self-growth, personal development. Um, our YouTube is kind of similar. We do yeah. a sit-down talk where we unpack all of these issues. Just um, like we did today. Just like we did mm -hmm. today. Things that people are kind of afraid to lean into. Mm -hmm. And Noemi just posts like this amazing, real content that can span anywhere from what she's cooking to her thoughts on motherhood and it's always really insightful so give us a follow i promise yeah. you yeah for sure for sure is booby your daughter booby the yeah. yeah we call her we have a lot of we got not a name booby e but her name is Emma. yeah black people gonna give you a, a, a nickname or free especially, especially when that don't sound nothing like your name oh my god your daughter named jane we're gonna call you mcmichael <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got an uncle Bubby, and his name is Russell. Like what? Boy, and his dad called him Johnny. He does. Like why though? Hey, Johnny, it just it stuck. Wait, wait. His dad got a lot of kids, and like couldn't remember the kid name. That's no, no. It's just, just two of them. He just called his son Johnny. He just decided that. That's it. <laughs> Um, I was going to say that. Oh, I know. I was going to say you guys are UTA mates. We are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So our management company is owned by the same management company that Kev is on. And actually, I reached out to you at first. I reached out to you, like maybe five or six people when everything started blowing up. I was like, hey, bro, these people from Hollywood and my inbox talk about representing me. I don't know these folks. Like, what, what should I do? And, and Kev, I always credit you, man. You gave me some really sound advice pointed me in some really good direction and uh, Black Hollywood in general really responded positively. Yeah. Lena Waithe reached out and, and embraced. Auntie Tad reached out and embraced. Like, yeah, Jill Scott, like, just, it was it was great to have good people around pointing me in the right direction. So I really yeah. do appreciate you for that. Of course, man. I, I just would give you the help I wish I had. I remember when they was hitting me up for Zay Zay and I was like, I don't trust none of y'all. You want to take <laughs> Yeah. I don't trust nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was with it. But uh, we yeah, landed in the same spot. Yeah. So thank you for me as well. Thank oh, I love it. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for joining us today on today's love uh, episode of The Love Out. My tongue is twisted up. Uh, this was a fantastic conversation. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We most certainly did. Please make sure that you follow uh, Kier and Noemi on Instagram and on the YouTubes and any of their upcoming events that they have. Until the next video, bye.